This is Alex Medford from Denver, Colorado, coming to you from sunny Maui, Hawaii, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Hello, hockey fans from around the world. I am Richard Cote, the producer of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is the second line edition of the podcast, and you know what that means. No, it's not that I just flew in from San Diego and boy, are my arms tired. It means I am joined by the publisher of ProHockeyNews.com, Lou Lafredo. Lou, how are things in New Mexico? Things are, are, have been cold. <laughs> we actually hit 31 this week. At All some right. Point. So, yeah, it's, it's hockey season. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite times of year in New Mexico is when things just start getting like crisp and cold in the air. It, it just... It just feels really nice. It, yeah. I don't know, it's it's a it's an awkward cold almost, it, unlike anything else I've ever really felt anywhere else in the world. But it also means we are joined by the our favorite snarky. I was going to say the snarky, but our favorite snarky Canadian, Jacob Doherty. Jacob, how are things in Edmonton? They're cold as well, <laughs> using a real temperature. It is around four degrees right now. Okay, so above freezing. Got it. Okay. Barely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's like It's going to be freezing tonight though. It's like so. what in low 40s, right? In Fahrenheit? 4 degrees? Uh. Almost 40? Somewhere in there. Okay. Anyway. Um fellas. So I did just get back from San Diego, but my arms aren't tired. I I took an airplane. I didn't I didn't fly myself. Um and I, I just wanted to share the story about uh, being out there. Um, there was a, well, first of all, let me preface this with, we went out there to go see a platypus because my wife is a big fan of the platypus. It is her favorite animal ever since she was a little tiny, tiny girl. And uh, we found out that, you know, two of the only platypus to be outside of Australia are at the San Diego Safari Park. So we went to San Diego. We went to go see them. We, we took our, our child to go see all the animals that were out there. He had the, the best time. He, he won't stop talking about all the animals he saw out there. Um, but about two days before, I remembered that there was a coffee shop that I've been wanting to try for uh, quite a while now. Um, and I got to say, it was probably the most hipster coffee I have ever had. You, you go in and uh, there's like this giant neon sign that says, you know, coffee here. Uh, you, you place your order. You get your coffee in a, I wouldn't say it's a mason jar. It is just a glass jar with a lid and a koozie from the coffee shop. And I'm like, okay, could you really get any more hipster? Take a drink. It was phenomenal. It was the best coffee I've had. It hands down, wonderful coffee. Had a great experience, but yeah, it kind of killed me a little bit to, to be that hipster for, for that long. But it only lasted for, you know, a little while, and then we came back home to Colorado. So done with that, but I did bring some home for me, so I get to make some on my own. Fellas, let's take a look at what's going on in the hockey world. Lou. It is time for our first installment of Bangers and Mash for this fourth season of the podcast. Yes, and lo and behold, we are about to head into the fifth week of uh, the uh, English uh, the, uh, Elite Ice Hockey League over in the, in the United Kingdom. 
and <clears throat> we've gone through anywhere between three and five games, and so far, Sheffield Steelers are holding down the top spot. Uh, they've uh, five games, uh, collecting eight points so far. So they're doing well. Uh, Nottingham Panthers and Guildford Flames are holding down, uh, really tied, uh, for the second spot with five, uh, six points. Uh, Coventry Blaze and Cardiff Devils are battling it out for the fourth spot. And then Manchester Storm, uh, Belfast Giants and the Fife Flyers, all things are above the line in a qualifying uh, in a qualifying position, um, which reminds me that it's just far too early to be putting a qualifying line in any league. Can we, can we not just enjoy the games and not worry about you know who's in sixth or who's in seventh? Um, it's just my little. I'll, I'll add that to my rant. So, oh, just wait um, till we get to the ECHL. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, in two weeks when the second line comes back, we'll talk uh, National Ice Hockey League over in, uh, over in the United Kingdom. All right. Well, speaking of the ECHL, uh, we've had one game played in the league. And, uh, yeah, everybody on their website is – ranked in order, but we're not going to go over that because we've only had one game played. Uh, the New Finland Growlers, um, they won their first game. <clears throat> excuse me. They won their first game 6-3. Um, oh, and do I, do I read this correctly? There were a combined 32 penalty minutes in that game? Yes. Um, wow. Well, <laughs> and, and they're running away with the lead. Right. Oh, goodness me. Pin them in for the the playoffs. (laughs) Championship, here they come. Yeah, and and they are your favorite with the Growlers. Yeah, you know, they they just need to change that that logo to just a big jug of of beer. Um, But let's head over to the AHL because we have a little more action. And speaking of the AHL, we do have a team who does sponsor this podcast, who is currently playing in the AHL, the Chicago Wolves. Head over to chicagowolvesstore.com and enter in code PHN15 to get 15% off your merchandise from the Chicago Wolves. Thanks to the Wolves for being a sponsor of the Pro Hockey News podcast. All right, so we are about, for just about all the teams, you know, about two games in. Some have played three, some have played one. Uh, But we do have official standings that are more than just, you know, one game played. Uh, Let's take a look at the Atlantic Division. The uh, Hershey Bears, the Springfield Thunderbirds, the Providence Bruins, and the Hartford Wolfpack uh, round out the top four because there are more than four teams in the Atlantic Division this season. We're getting a full season out of all of this. Uh, In the North Division, we have the Utica Comets, the Syracuse Crunch, the Level Rockets, and the Belleville Senators in the top four up there in the north in the central we have the milwaukee admirals the grand rapid grand rapids griffins don't know why i still have trouble with that the iowa wild and the texas stars in the top four and in the pacific we have the bakersfield condors the henderson silver knights the ontario rain and the stockton heat uh both ontario and stockton making their return to the pacific division this season that rounds out your top four in the pacific um 
kind of one, one thing I did want to bring up with you, Lou. Uh, I know last season we were talking about this, and I know we had a jumble of divisions. Uh, we had kind of a mismatch of number of games played in the AHL, but the San Diego goals, not terrible. I know they've only played one game. They, you know, they lost uh, five to two, um, but didn't look terribly strong in that season opener. No, um, I, I think what you have to look at there too is there's still some questions to who's going to wind up the goal and who's going to wind up the duck. Right. Um, so, um, the, the way the Ducks have been playing early, you know, the first two games they actually looked pretty good, but um, it, it's been it's been a, a slide ever since. And last night they lost uh, the Ducks lost five to one to the Oilers, um, so that's going to really impact the goals and who drops who drops down and then gets called up. And I suspect um, the goals will you know tend to move up um, and correct that they lost uh, five to two. You're right. Um, yeah, it was a little disappointing. I, I, I just, their color combination is just the best. <laughs> yeah. I, I love their, that color, the, that color match that they do. Can't, can't say I'm mad at it either. Yeah. Um, let, let's take a look over to the, uh, the NHL, uh, because we got just, you know, early seasons going on in the ECHL and the AHL, um, in a couple of weeks, we will probably have a little bit more in-depth coverage for you there. Um, one thing I want to bring is an update to a story we had uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Evander Kane being investigated for possibly or allegedly submitting a, uh, a fake COVID vaccine card to the league. Uh, turns out the league has suspended him 21 games earlier this week um, for, uh, they said, a breach of COVID-19 protocol. Uh, nothing officially from the league, nothing officially from Kane himself or nothing officially from the club has said that it was in fact a fake vaccine card that was issued. But if you read between the lines, yeah, you kind of get from point A to point B. Um, So it, um, yeah, so uh, Kane has been suspended for 21 games. He will not be eligible to play until I believe uh, November 20th, uh, sorry, November 30th, uh, the game against the New Jersey Devils. He has not been practicing with the club. He has not attended training camp. He has not played in any of the games at the start of the season. So um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I seriously don't know what his future holds with the San Jose Sharks. Um, Jacob, um, I, I know you had a, uh, you know, a lot of input when we first brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, kind of, What are your thoughts about how the league handled this? It looks like they're potentially handing it off to uh, the San Jose Sharks now. Or maybe law enforcement. Because allegedly, if he did fake a vaccine card, um, that's a felony. <laughs> as we discussed in the last last time we were all here. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what's going to happen. Um, we don't even know if the San Jose Sharks are even going to welcome him back when he comes to, uh, when his suspension is over. And when he does come back, he's not going to be, it's going to take a while for him to get back up to speed. 
um, to NHL playing condition because of all the stuff he has to deal with uh, off the ice. And will he be vaccinated by that time? These are just so many questions. We don't we don't know anything, unfortunately. This doesn't really give us much information in terms of what Evander Kane's future is. I think we'll see. Now, uh, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the potential penalties, uh, at least criminally, for uh, submitting a falsified uh, vaccine document um, is either, uh, I believe, $5,000 or six months in jail. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure about the six months, as far as the fine goes, I'm eh, eh, about 50-50 on that one. Would um, he not be allowed to travel outside of of the United States though. Right. For uh, any, yeah. Any games that they would have to play in Canada, he would not be an eligible player. Interesting. And I believe league, uh, league rules for this year, or at least most clubs um, are saying, if you cannot play in Canada for those games, you were not being paid. You were, you were taking unpaid time off for that. So, um, so players will be docked pay if they cannot play in Canada due to, um, no vaccination. Um, but I, I thought it, it was a, a quick update. Um, Lou, I, I do. I, I feel I need to get you to chime in on this because this is something you are very passionate about as well. Um, I, I, my comment actually is, is tempered by what Jacob said, and that is the NHL coming uh, um, back to San Jose or potentially uh, uh, adjudication. Um, I, I thought 21 games was a light suspension. I sorry. I think this is worth at least a half a season. I, I really do. I think that um, uh, a 41 game suspension would have been far greater message right out of the gate. You can always come back and appeal it. You can always do something if the if the player. Um, um, is is um, is in a position of learning from the mistake, and, and you know, then you move on and you make you do the blessing and and, and get, get him back on the ice. Twenty one games just doesn't do that. I think you said thirtieth uh, of November for him to come back. Um, so, you know, to me, it's just a it's just a, a light suspension. But again, I. I'll 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 keep it as it's okay uh, based on what uh, on what Jacob said. Uh, handing it off, and we might see more. Now, uh, before I, I get to my final point in this, uh, I would like to read the statement from Evander Kane. Uh, I would like to apologize to my teammates, the San Jose Sharks organization, and all Sharks fans for violating the NHL COVID protocols. I made a mistake, one I sincerely regret and take responsibility for. During my suspension, I will continue to participate in counseling to help me make better decisions in the future. When my suspension is over, I plan to return to the ice with great effort, determination, and love for the game of hockey. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like we've recently heard that from him when we talked about the sports gambling um, issue that he was under investigation for that he was eventually cleared for. Um, my, my last point on this is I, I know the 21 games might seem a little, um, 
you know, a little light given the, the you know, potential severity of what had been done. Um, my, my thinking is after 21 games of, you know, being suspended, he can't, he's not practicing with the club. He's not participating with the club whatsoever. What use is he going to be on November 30th to the club to plug him back in to the roster and actually have him play? I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be taking additional time after that before he's even close to being ready to play because there was no training camp for him, no practice, no beginning of the season. You know, he's, I mean, he is an NHL veteran, but a rusty one at that. So that, that's just, my final thought. Yeah, I, I wonder, would, would, would he be assigned to uh, the AHL? Is there any, uh, is a condition state? You know, I, I, I don't think know. I could do that. I, I don't know if he can during a suspension. He can't do it during a suspension, but he can do it after. Right. So we'd have to start afterwards. Yeah, November thirtieth is when he'd first be eligible to play. I'm thinking he's going to go down and get a little conditioning because yeah, he has had nothing since the end of our previous season, which for the Sharks was pretty early. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the current season. Uh, we are in week two of NHL action. Um, I think, I mean, just like we did a few years ago with the, uh, with the Golden Knights, we're going to be paying a lot of attention to the newest expansion team, which is the Seattle Kraken. They will be hosting their first game, their first home game, uh, this Saturday. Um, I, I want to get some thoughts on this on their first few games, because I, I remember watching the, their first game against, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. It, um... It didn't end the way they wanted, and it didn't start the way they wanted. But in that second period and into that third, uh, things were looking mighty decent for Seattle. It looked like a team who could, you know, potentially compete this season. Uh, Jacob, I know during the preseason you were watching them closely as well, uh, kind of analyzing how they were gelling together as a team. What have been your thoughts in the, uh, the first few games that Seattle has played? It's more of a continuation on um, the problems that I saw in the uh, preseason. Um, and the record definitely indicates that. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, some of the forwards are starting to step up in terms of production, offensive production. Um, but there's not a player on the team who has a positive plus minus. They are bleeding goals. And when the goalie that you spent a lot of money on has an 867 save percentage at the start of the season, it's not looking good. So I, I am a bit concerned, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll, we'll see. Um, Obviously it's the start of the season. So everything that we can say will be a, um, should be taken into that context, but right doesn't look good so far right um Lou uh, what, what have you noticed out of Seattle as they played their first five games I'll tell you exactly what I think it means <laughs> I think Gerard Gallant is a terrific head coach <laughs> think about what <laughs> right. he you know listen it's <clears throat> it's not that much different um it's it's still collecting um um throwaways from other teams 
and that's what Vegas did. They collected the best. Uh, Seattle, I think we still have some head scratchers. Um, but you have to, I think you have to look to the coaching staff that pulled Vegas together and the coaching staff that is not doing quite the same job through five games uh, with Seattle. So um, uh, I, that's the thing that has struck me. I think when we talk about the the two expansion drafts that we've had so close together, I think we have we have a couple of things that that have been pretty obvious. One uh, that Vegas was willing to spend money; they were willing to go out and you know push the cap a little bit more than Seattle was. Uh, and I think number two is the clubs who were involved learned a lot from the the previous expansion draft, and they learned how to play the system a little bit better. You know, when you have uh, teams like like Colorado who leave Gabriel Landeskog exposed, you know, their captain exposed. But knowing that a team's probably not going to, you know, roll the dice and, and pick him up because it's going to be a heavy hit to your cap and you're going to have to keep him for a while. Um, so I, I think just teams kind of wised up and they figured out how to play the game just a little bit better so that there were some enticing offers for Seattle to go out if they felt adventurous, but also point number one, Seattle wasn't feeling as adventurous. Um, also, oh, go ahead. it's also worth mentioning um, that the difference in dates between the expansion drafts, there was the UFA period already started uh, during the uh, Vegas expansion draft. Whereas during the Seattle expansion draft, uh, the UFA period had not started yet at the moment. Uh, no, so I, they couldn't. Um, it, it's, didn't it start that day of the expansion draft? That's when... I think it started the next day, but if I remember correctly. Seattle had priority to talk to UFAs before those contracts yes. ended. Yes, they had exclusive. You are correct. Sorry. Yeah, they, they had right to first refusal, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that did throw in a, an extra set of different rules for this expansion draft as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of where it played. And, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what to think of Seattle because I, I feel like the team they have on paper is better than what their record shows. But the games they've played, you know, um, minus that, that game against Philadelphia, um, you know, haven't been terrible blowouts. So um, I think once this team can, can figure out, you know, what their plan is actually going to be, once they gel together as a, as a group, we're going to see a little bit more of a competitive team. I, I, I still have my serious doubts, in, in my opinion, that they're going to make the playoffs this season. And I think uh, that opinion is shared by most of the staff on this podcast. But um, I, they have the potential to surprise, I think. But, um, that's just me. Um, also, um, speaking of, uh, disappointing starts, uh, I'm going to start with the club that's, that's closest to me geographically, Colorado Avalanche. They have not looked terribly good in their first, uh, few games. You know, they had a good first game and then they've dropped their last three. Um, last one I believe was to, uh, Washington. Um, I think five, three was the final in that one. Um, just has that, that, that's a team that we all kind of 
figured was going to move, uh, you know, pretty quickly and decisively through this division, uh, kind of stay towards the top. They are currently sitting in sixth place. Um, Jacob, I, I want to get, uh, I'll, I'll chime in with my thoughts here. Um, I, I want to get kind of what your, your reaction is to uh, Colorado's slow start. It's not that concerning, actually, if you really look into it. The teams that they lost were uh, lost to were St. Louis, Florida, and Washington. Um, and they didn't have Nathan McKinnon for two of those losses uh, due to COVID. So, or, or I believe their head coach, I think their head coach was also. Uh, Correct. Yep. So I, I, I don't, obviously I don't think there's uh, any reason to be concerned. I think it's just, it happened. Um, they lost the games. There's, they have 79 or 78 more opportunities to steamroll the division. And I think um, more, more often than not, they'll win games and be at the top of the division by the end of the season. Uh, Lou, what, uh, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, we, we have uh, St. Louis, who's undefeated at the top of the division. Minnesota, also undefeated. Uh, Dallas at two and two and Winnipeg in the fourth spot at, you know, with three points at one, two and one. Um, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on, on Colorado's, uh, you know, hesitant start? Well, you know, one of the, one of the topics that uh, both lines uh, here on the podcast have discussed um, since the season started um, is, is the issue of goaltending. <clears throat> and you know, move, goaltenders moving around, uh, those who are still in place, and whether or not they were going to have uh, uh, have a bounce back season. Um, Jordan Bennington so far uh, has been playing lights out for uh, St. Louis, and is really a big reason why they are uh, at three and zero uh, to start the season. Um, Darcy Kemper. Um, you know, I, I still shake my head over that signing. Um, and I don't know that uh, Kemper has been that solid for the Avs. Um, so to, to dovetail onto what uh, Jacob is saying about not being concerned, you know, from the from the blue line up, I think you're okay in, in Colorado and Denver. Uh, I think it's the I think it's an increase that the problem is going to remain. Yeah, it, it, um, I, I don't know what it is about Darcy Kemper. Maybe it's I want him to be better than he is. Um, I, I feel like when he's healthy, he's, he's a, a pretty good goalie. And I think he's kind of fits the spot that Grubauer did last season. Uh, now, is he going to take to it immediately? Obviously not. Uh, he's, he's not the, the caliber of goaltender that we saw out of Grubauer last season here in Colorado. But I, I think that was amplified by the team that he had around, that uh, Grubauer had around him. Grubauer's not seeing that in Seattle. As you can see, his numbers have suffered. And um, Kemper it just, you know, hasn't gotten used to the team that is around him, how to play with them. Um, and I think that's just going to take some time, and that's eventually going to settle down. Um, I, I think, you know, and I put this in here because, yes, uh, fans here in Colorado are a little disappointed. But, you know, as you both have pointed out, there's no need to hit the panic button yet. 
we saw Nathan McKinnon in his first game back register some points because he's Nathan McKinnon. The guy knows how to score. Um, so they get him back. They're, they're getting Landis. They have Landis Gog back after his suspension. Um, they're going to start having that healthy team back together. And yeah, they're going to start climbing the ladder back up that division. Uh, I think what's really surprised me in the central so far is the blues starting out undefeated. I know again, three games, um, but it is a little bit surprising. I thought they'd at least go two and one, uh, maybe one and two, uh, to start at least the first week of competition. Um, but I, I, that's a team that, that kind of, uh, took me off guard and I was, um, yeah, uh, just a little shocked that, that St. Louis was going to have a, a hot start like that and, and Minnesota as well. So, um, uh, Another team who is not having a, a decent start, and Lou has taken notice of this, the Chicago Blackhawks, um, also in the Central Division, uh, starting out 0-4-1. So they've registered one point in five games. They are at a minus 12 goal differential. Um, and that is after signing um, an uh, all-star goalie in Marc-Andre Fleury. Lou, th- this was your piece to put in here. Let- let's hear what is on your mind. It's, it's certainly not to be snarky. Um, it- it's just a surprise to me that, um, uh, you know, look, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are back uh, together. Um, you know, much the same as Colorado is, is coming back together. Uh, Chicago brought in Flurry, and they have promptly given up 21 goals so far this season. And some of the games have not even been close, um, which is which is another thing. You know, Vancouver beat them last night four to one, and that game wasn't close. Um, uh, the Chicago goal was an excuse me um, strike, um, and and Vancouver is not exactly you know, top of the top of the list. In terms of uh, the in terms of the Western Conference, but I, I'm just surprised. 21 goals to give up, and um, not even a, a, a breath of uh, competitiveness so far, which is disappointing. Yeah, uh, second most goals in the league right now, behind Arizona, who has given up 22. Um, and I believe Arizona also has the highest goal differential, or sorry, lowest goal differential. At minus 14. Um, yeah, a little, little bit of a shock, but, I, you know, in his 15-plus years in the league, uh, I, I don't think we're any strangers to slow starts from Flurry. Um, we can look back to the days when uh, the Penguins go went out, won a cup, come back the next season, has a little bit of a slow start. You know, it, again, uh, we are, you know, a handful of games in for, for each team. Um not, not necessarily worrying, but it is surprising. And just the season that Flurry had last season, uh, you, you kind of figure it's going to carry on. New team, yes, I get that. You know, it still takes a different dynamic to kind of work with. But um, I don't know. Um, it just it, it seems a little odd. Uh, Jacob, let let. Uh, I mean. Do you have any anything more to add? Otherwise, I'm moving to a team that's that's near and dear to your heart. I, I'm really upset of um, 
Chicago's performance. It just makes me sad that Flurry is not playing well. And, and I mean, let's be honest. It, it's we shouldn't hang it all on just the goaltending of of Chicago. They they've scored nine goals this season in five games. Um, I mean that that's not enough to really get get you a winning record unless you have all star, you know, Vesna Trophy right out the gate, you know, caliber goaltending, as uh, very few teams do in their first few games, but. Um, it, it could have, it could be closer, but and I mean, there, there are other problems with scoring goals in Chicago. Um, another team who, who's having a little bit, I'm not going to say a little bit of a slow start. They are having the worst start right now in the league. Uh, let's talk about the winless Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Jacob, uh, I, I know a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, the need for Carey Price to step away from the game, to get his head right, to take care of himself, which was absolutely the right thing for him to do. Um, let, let's talk about some other problems that we are seeing out of uh, Montreal right now. Uh, what have you noticed as their biggest issues in this uh, early season? In five, guess what their goals for goals per game is uh under one yeah it's a 0.8 i cannot put into words how much of a failure top to bottom the montreal canadians are carry price makes no difference if he's in net if he's in if he's playing his uh playing like he was in the stanley cup playoffs last season montreal's still 0 and 5 and that's a huge problem Mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons you cannot tell me that that this like okay this is not surprising but i was very surprised that it was this bad it is so easy to shut down the montreal Canadiens. um their four line style doesn't work because you don't have a line that is able to shut down the other team's best line if you can't shut down anyone defensively what are you doing? Their first defensive pairing is Ben Sherratt and Jeff Petrie. That's mm. levels of bad that we haven't seen since Edmonton when they were having three straight first overall picks. And guess who's on the team? Guess who's their first defensive pairing? It was Jeff Petrie and some reject <laughs> from Ottawa. Right. So they're not scoring goals. They're not playing good defense. They're not doing anything. They have a 5.3 power play percentage. What? Mm. Mm. That's not getting it done. They're just not doing anything. Uh, and they can't do anything. The young stars are all jettisoned onto one line, and they can't perform because they're super easy to shut down because every other team has a shutdown center. I wonder why what shutdown center they could have had or they had last season. So, so you're saying most of this stems from the, the moves they made this offseason? Yes, and the lack of moves that they made. Right. The, the only moves that they made were potential band-aids that they were hoping for. The hope of a band-aid, not an actual band-aid with Mike Hoffman. And I forgot who else they signed. But it, they didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of issues going on with, with um, the forward lines. Uh, their D seems to be absolutely absent, and the uh, the goaltending of Stanley Cup winner Jake Allen is is not cutting it in net for them. Um, yeah, uh, so look, we've talked about some of the disappointments we've seen in the early parts of this season. Let's talk about. Uh, one, I, I want to say one major surprise from me. It didn't come so much as a surprise to our publisher, Lou Lafredo, um, and that is the Buffalo Sabres are undefeated entering their fourth game of competition. Uh, Lou, let, let's talk about, we, we've talked plenty in the past few seasons about what the Buffalo Sabres are doing wrong. Let's talk about what they are doing right they are playing uh, a far better team effort um, um, from the goal out. Um, they are doing a, 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 a great job so far. Um, they, they've only given up four goals um, in three games. That's just spectacular team commitment to defense. Um, so that's... You know, did I predict what I have ever predicted a 3 0 start? No, I just thought that they would be better uh, than they have been. I didn't know, I don't know that this is going to last. It could be the typical Buffalo swan song uh, coming into November, early December. Um, but th- look, <clears throat> I'm not going to make either one of you groan, um, but I think that they're the dark clouds that have been hanging over the locker room and over this team, um, the fact that those dark clouds are gone, this team is now able to uh, uh, secure and get get their arms around an identity, and I think that's what you're seeing. Yeah, um, and I, I was going to point out one player who seems to be having himself a, a good home in Buffalo uh, Jeff Skinner seems to be having a, a decent season this year. Uh, already registered three points with a goal and two assists. Um, and I, you know, not bad play out of out of a man that was brought in what last season from uh, from Carolina. Yes, it was last season. Yeah. yeah. You know, the caveat to all of this is that they have been all all three wins have been at home. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when they hit the road. Uh, but uh, uh, you can't take three wins away from them. One of them is in a shootout um, on the skills. And so, you know, it, it's all good. All good in Buffalo right now. All right. Um, another team I, I wanted to bring up here uh, with a little bit of a surprise to me, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, this is a team that we've been talking about as – you know, kind of a, a castaway, uh, uh, you know, ocean theme there. Um, kind of just a, a throwaway team that just, you know, we, we were so set on them being in a, a permanent rebuild for the next few years. Uh, or at least I was set on them being a permanent rebuild for the next few years. Um, they've started out with a, uh, a three-game winning streak. Not bad. What shocks me the most is this team's goals against average. 1.33. They have allowed five mm. goals in four games, which, or sorry, uh, four goals in three games, um, which to me, 
that ain't shabby. That that's gonna get you those wins that you're looking for when you're you know allowing more or less the same amount of goals as you are games you have played. So um, keeping that goals against average low um, is uh, yeah something I didn't think that San Jose had it in them this season. Uh, Jacob, have you taken any notice of uh, what's going on on the uh, West Coast with San Jose? Yeah, actually, um, I am relatively surprised on how well they're just limiting shots on net. Yeah. Uh, they, they also have, um, I believe, one of the best uh, face-off percentages in the league. They are just, they're winning the face-offs. They're uh, blocking lots of shots. And they're just playing smart hockey. Like, I, I, I'm very surprised. Now, um, another team not doing as well, but as you mentioned, uh, doing well with face-offs. Um, I, I happened to tune into one of their first games. The Anaheim Ducks uh, have actually looked pretty decent this season. I know they're kind of middle of the road right now uh, in the early season, but uh, this is a team who you know is kind of getting me to, to rethink of where they are in their rebuild. Could they be a, a playoff candidate this year? I know the way they looked in their first few games, it won't surprise me. They are, they're doing it. They're doing well in the face-off circle. Um, they could probably use a little help on the defensive end and the goaltending. They are at a minus two goal differential, um, but they are putting pucks in the net. So, um, you know, if, if you know, we've got to find that balance, but uh, Anaheim, a team who, who's looking pretty good. Uh, and I know Lou Anaheim is a team that, that you follow closely for the site. Um, can you tell me how they're doing so well early this season? Um, <clears throat> John Gibson has been playing uh, really well in net uh, for them. Uh, he's had a couple of really good starts. Um, uh, he's not responsible for all of those uh, 16 goals against, but uh, he, he got racked up the other night. Um, they are... I, I think you're going to see an up-and-down season from them because they're going to wind up being very young. Um, and so this, this sort of puts a bow on the conversation we had earlier with the Gulls. I think you're going to see a lot of call-ups and send-downs uh, uh, between Anaheim and San Diego. Uh, they have an opportunity to get some of the younger, uh, younger players some time. I don't know that this is the season that they will end up uh, qualifying uh, for the postseason, John Gibson certainly wants to be. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff is, you know, is, <laughs> is is still out there, uh, you know, still out there playing. And the guy that I am surprised is still with him is Adam Adam Henrique. Henrique mm-hmm. was waived last season, cleared waivers, and came back and had a, a, a terrific finish to the season for them. And he's just picked up exactly where he left off last season. He's, he's had a pretty decent start. He's, he's shown up on the score sheet quite a bit so far. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see them finishing in the fourth spot. I really don't. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by the Ducks. Yeah. Um, staying in the Pacific division, I, I want to, and I know we got to give him his dues because, uh, th- this is his hometown team. 
<laughs> Let's talk for a second about the Edmonton Oilers and how how great they are looking out of the gate. And let's talk about an accomplishment by a one Connor McDavid. Uh, Jacob, how pleased are you about the Oilers for no start? I'm very pleased. <laughs> Would you like to a elaborate? Of, uh, uh, sure, I will. Um, I'm, I'm very happy. Um, Mike Smith at the IR, which makes me sad. But Costco will be a good enough stop cap until he returns. Um, yeah, this looks like a better team top to bottom. They actually have depth for once. Um, Zach Cassian and uh, Warren Vogel have some really good chemistry, actually, which I was not expecting. Um, Pool Party has played very well. Um, Nuge has shown up on the score sheet, or as he's been dishing the puck off quite nicely. Um, yeah, I'm just... Most of the moves um, have worked out reasonably well. Um, let's let's talk about their captain, Connor McDavid. He has reached 200 goals. Uh, I think the fourth fastest Oiler to do so uh, in the history of the franchise, only behind Wayne Gretzky, uh, Yari Kuri, and Glenn Anderson. Uh, I think are the three in front of him on that list. Um, not bad company to have, uh, you know, when talking about scoring goals quickly in a young career, um, especially when Gretzky is the closest to you on that list. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it, see, uh, I, I believe uh, McDavid had, had a statement. Uh, it's been a good start for our group. And when our team has success, individuals have success. And, I think you're seeing that throughout our lineup. Um, I, I don't know if you can argue with that because we are seeing uh, quite a bit of, of sharing amongst that group. We're seeing a lot of different individuals able to score. Um, and uh, not to take anything away from him on his 200th goal, but it did come against the Arizona Coyotes. I'm just saying it was, it was probably inevitable in that game, given the season that they're starting out with. Um, so, uh, Jacob, what, what is the, uh, what is the feeling there in, in Edmonton with this, with this start for this club? It's good. Um, a lot of people are not being as cautiously optimistic as I am. Um, I do expect the Oilers not to obviously go undefeated, but they right. will start losing games and it's just how they handle themselves after a, a loss and how they, react and develop because they haven't been playing the best teams in the, in the league yet. And when they do, I'm very curious to see how they'll adjust and how they'll perform. So we'll, we'll see how that is going to uh, work out. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how things all shake up here um, in the NHL as we go on further into the season. Again, two weeks in, can't really tell a whole lot, but there are a few surprises, and there's been some very exciting games to watch early in this young season. That takes us to our picks of the week. Jacob, I trust that you have five games for us to pick this Saturday. Yes, and we have some real barn burners on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that uh, Kings and Blues game. That looks 
great. Yeah, so tell me who you think will win between the LA Kings at the St. Louis Blues, Richard. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that, I see that as the second game on the list. I was, I was hoping you were going to go toward back to the top and I'd have more time to think about, but um, I'm going to go with um, the Kings. Okay. And Lou, who do you have? Between the Saints Blues and the LA Kings, you're taking... I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Blues, and I am also going to go with the Blues because the Blues have been very good. Jordan Cairo has started uh, off the season really really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, three goals, two assists, or three goals and four assists uh, in three games is nothing to scoff at. And now to for our other game, we have Toronto at Pittsburgh. Lou, I'm gonna start with you on this one. Boy, this is this is odd because you know it came out today that Crosby's return there is no date for his return yet, and yet Pittsburgh has been playing well. But I I watched them the other night. Uh, watched the Maple Leafs against the Rangers the other night. This is a really good team right now. So Maple Leafs. Okay, Richard. Toronto. And I'm going to make it a unanimous Toronto pick. Now Although we have... Th- that is... Uh, I don't know if this is going to make any difference. Uh, this is the second game of a back-to-back for Toronto. That is fair. But they don't really count on goaltending that much, so... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Next game is Nashville at Winnipeg. Richard, who do you have? I'm going to go with Winnipeg in that one. I believe they have everyone back from COVID as well. So uh, it was a bunch of false positives. Luck, fortunately. But Mm -hmm. yeah, Lou, who do you have? Boy, it's hard to pick against Winnipeg um, when it comes to Nashville in this case this year. Um, Yeah, give me the Jets. And I'm actually going to go for Nashville. I think Winnipeg kind of is a bit jarred from that. They haven't been able to practice, so maybe they're a bit caught off guard. Mm. We'll see. But now we have the actual game, probably the game of the day. Uh, Vancouver at at Seattle. Seattle's first home game. Um, Lou, I'm going to start with you. Who do you want? Who do you got here? I'm going to... Knooks. Richard? You know what? Uh, it's going to be an emotional day. I'm going to go with the Kraken. Okay. So, would you like a fun fact about the Seattle Kraken this season? Yeah. What's that? In five games, they have 106 penalty minutes. All right. I don't know how. <laughs> And the worst part about it is they've drawn more penalties. Huh. They have a lot of fights, a lot of game misconducts. And I think under the pressure, I think Vancouver will buckle because I think their big players will be the ones involved in those. And I don't think um, Hughes and Pedersen will be able to finish. Mm-hmm. So, now for our final game of the picks, 
the Buffalo Sabres at the New Jersey Devils. Keep in mind, New Jersey is 2-1-1 right now. Uh, Richard, I'll start with you. Oh, Buffalo at the Devils. Um, I believe uh, Jack Hughes is out with a dislocated shoulder, so that's going to at least hamper New Jersey's offensive powers. I'm going with Buffalo. They're, they're not going to be perfect, by the way, because they're playing tonight against Boston. They'll be perfect. Lou, who do you have? Wait, I think I think I have to step aside here for for a, a retort from Richard about that one. No, Boston's going to Boston's going to beat them tonight. It, it's okay. uh, it's okay. going to happen. I'll, I'll get off this uh, okay. this episode and watch the game, but yeah, okay. it's going to happen tonight. Okay, all right. I hope, I hope they lose so much. <laughs> Uh, what's, so, uh, Richard, this goes back to a, uh, something we were talking about earlier. Uh, New Jersey Devils won the first two games out of the gate, and everybody in New Jersey was talking about the Devils going to the Stanley Cup and how the Rangers were 0-1-1 and the Rangers were going to miss the playoffs. Oh, what a difference a couple of days made. Um, right. Devils lost 5-1 to to uh, Washington Capitals the other night uh, to go 2-1 and so far. Um I think the Capitals expose them, and Buffalo will take advantage. So give me the Sabres. I think New Jersey will bounce back. Uh, I think they have a very good team this year that has the capability of handling adversity quite well. And I know Jack Hughes is out, but I I think the New Jersey Devils will will win. We'll see. I. I okay. I, I, I see where Buffalo is going to be 4-0, but we'll, I think New Jersey will. We'll, be, we'll hand them their first loss of the season. And well, that's it for the picks. You, you know, you, you can always pull an Adam Minnick and uh, call Detroit to beat Montreal instead of picking a, a winner in this game, right? <laughs> Tiebreaker? <laughs> no, just... <laughs> He always wants to just put in an extra game and just, yeah, I just, I got, I got to take a jab at him every now and yeah. then, you know, yeah. keep him humble. Well, I'm at least consistent with my picks. Okay. <laughs> I never pick Boston. <laughs> I always have five games. You and every battle of Alberta games. is always here. Yeah. <laughs> All Adam, right. Adam, the ball, the puck is in your end of the ice now. Yep. <laughs> Don't score on yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we are earning our snarky moniker, aren't we, uh, this oh. week? Excellent. Oh, okay. Excellent. I can't I am stop. not admonishing you. That is just brilliant. <laughs> oh, Okay, I'm going to have to bring his attention to, to this part of the episode. <laughs> I will do the same when I post it tomorrow on the site. Excellent. All right, listeners, if you want to follow us, you can f- uh, find us on Twitter at PHN Podcast. You can use the hashtag PHN Picks to make your picks and see how well you fare against um, the experts. Uh, parting shots time. Lou. I am sending uh, positive thoughts out to Philadelphia tonight. Just leave it there. Okay. Jacob. 
So there was a funny thing that the Carolina Hurricanes did. And someone <laughs> someone hacked the website that so okay, the Carolina Hurricanes made a website <laughs> titled did the Habs lose dot com mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it got hacked and now it just displays Carolina hurricane suck with a shutterstock <laughs> photo in the background mm. wow so <laughs> but I, I have no idea how um, but karma does exist yes. especially on the internet uh, lesson learned, secure your passwords for your logins. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parting thought, um, actually, I just got a notification on my, uh, ring app that something has been delivered to my front door. I am about to go check it out because the before mentioned coffee at the beginning of the episode is in bean form needs to be ground, which I do have a grinder. The only thing I don't have is anything like a scale to measure how much. So that has just been delivered to my front door. About to go check that out and get ready to make some delicious coffee, hopefully delicious coffee, tomorrow morning. Um, I'll probably have an update on how that goes. Um, anybody who may need any hockey equipment for the upcoming hockey season, head over to ProHockeyNews.com, click the Verbero banner and get a discount off of your ad. Or, hey, if you're looking to buy something special for uh, that special someone in your life, head over to LDE Affinity Jewelry. Um, and check out what they have. They have a fairly nice selection. I've, I've gone through their website. Fairly nice selection. You can find something uh, for that special someone in your life. For Jacob Doherty and Lou Lafredo, I am Richard Cote, and I will see everybody next week. <laughs>